Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, but I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me all prepared to do a, a regular episode with some topics and stuff like that and I'm gonna put that off till tomorrow so Tuesday morning you can expect to see uh, an, a regular episode with the regular kind of content and stuff I'm gonna talk again about stuff in the news cycle and so on uh, probably a little bit about Babylon B Lecrae Dan Cathy uh, Louis Giglio um, that whole shebang Maybe a little bit about Trump's rally and how disappointing apparently it was, you know, depending on your viewpoint. Um, so I have that all ready to go in my mind, working out those those things. But as I sat and thought about it, I just, again, I, I, I joked about it a lot a couple weeks back, um, but I really do just kind of need a woosah. You know, a just step back from all the insanity that is going on in the world with COVID-19 and BLM protests and riots and looters and all that stuff and and just kind of hit a reset. Um, you know, again, today, today was Father's Day um, or I guess yesterday was father's day um amazing day got to you know go to church hear a couple of of really intense messages um and uh between pastor brian's sunday school pastor joshua's uh sermon that he preached um so that and then went out uh my wife went and picked up some some chicken and stuff we went to the park um, let Opal and my niece Nayla go play and ate, did a little picnic for Father's Day. And my sister-in-law, you know, had the day off. So she came out and we got to sit. And initially, you know, it was just before Anaya got there, my sister-in-law, her name was Anaya. Before she got there, we were kind of talking about just, again, everything that's going on in and my wife and I were having a conversation about statistics and you know and I, I, I was talking about uh, how Kurt Kennedy had uh, Kurt Allen I don't know which it was on Twitter I think so it was under the 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 moniker uh, Kurt Kennedy um, for most of you know that his name is Kurt Allen he's a pastor Kurt Kennedy is his uh, performer rap name you know uh but he had tweeted none of that matters um he had tweeted uh basically some statistics about uh just kind of breaking it down because 
again, we've talked about over the last couple of months in a couple of different uh, online Zoom things through his church, um, and I've just had the the um, opportunity and, and really the privilege to to join in in those conversations. Um, the narrative that, that you know, uh, again, another tweet that he had tweeted uh, initially weeks ago, um, I don't fit the description of a crime, I fit the description of your fear, indicating black men. And I fully agreed with that and retweeted it, did an episode uh, of this podcast about it, uh, and so on. And then, of course, we see, which happens quite often, um, whenever with, with George Floyd, when he after he was killed, uh, uh, of course, somebody has to drum up the uh, criminal record, right? They have to bring up all the things that he's done, and, and he's not a hero. Well, no, George Floyd is not a hero. I don't think George Floyd if he had survived the ordeal he went through, would claim to be a hero. But he became the polarizing position behind the outrage, I would say probably because of the outrageous, the the intensity, the extreme uh, violence involved in his death. I mean... Everybody, millions of people, I can't say everybody, but millions upon millions, if not billions of people saw that video. I mean, I, I, I don't know where the, you know, where it's located at this point, how we could find out the numbers, but saw the video of Derek Chauvin with his knee on this man's neck for nine minutes. Horribly uncomfortable to watch. Um, I couldn't watch it more than once. I mean, literally to the point of calling out for his mama as he is murdered by this, this police officer, a man who is supposed to be entrusted to protect and serve, who did none of that. And so would we say that, and, and yes, George Floyd has a criminal record. A, an extensive one and a horrific one at, at that and but again nine minutes with with a knee on your Derek Chauvin's nine minutes with his knee on his neck negated all that because none of what he did was deserving of death penalty he never got a trial he was well he was tried for those things and served his time for those things but Chauvin is not a judge, jury, and executioner. But he chose to be that. And he literally, this is this was not accidental. This is not anything that could be explained as just incidental. You know, or fearing for his life, or any of those things, which we've seen and some are realistically attributed to these deaths of, of unarmed black men by police officers. And so I really honestly, and I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, that that George Floyd became the the Emmett Teal of our era. So Emmett Teal, if you don't know, I'm sure you know if you're watching 
if you've been watching my stuff, I'm sure you have. Well, I hope you would have. I can't be sure of anything anymore. I'd hope you would have that level of education. So Emmett Till, the story is, and I, I don't know the exact dates, but I want to say in the maybe 30s or 40s, maybe even into the 50s. I don't know. I, sh I should really just kind of look it up, and uh, we'll do that as I try to talk. Um, so Emmett Till was accused of, uh, I mean, essentially, I, I, I mean, whether he whistled, I don't know exactly what the, the, the entire situation, but he was accused of flirting with a white woman or coming on to a white woman. This was his only crime, whether he whistled at her or made some kind of comment, said she was pretty, whatever. And men chose to beat him to death so horribly that he was beyond recognition. And um, I, I just looked over at the 1955, the, so the 50s. Um, and I, I looked over and, and saw the, the picture of him in the casket, which is horrifying. Um so it was recommended that he not have an open casket because of the severity of of his injuries. I mean, it was almost to the point where you can't recognize it as human. This is how badly he was beaten by these men. And his mother insisted on having an open casket because she wanted people to see the horror of what had happened. And it was truly simply because he was a young black man. And it wasn't that he fit the description of a crime. He committed no crime. But he fit the description of fear. And so what Emmett Till was to spark a civil rights movement during that time frame, to, to stir up people to action of putting an end to Jim Crow laws and, and things like that, George Floyd became that in our time and again I mentioned it last week I, and this was part of the conversation with my sister-in-law today of people ask why um, you know why we would say racism is a, a sin issue or a gospel issue where other situations like abortion sex trafficking and so on are not and and the reality is and this is my answer and I, I haven't received any pushback on it at this point but I'm sure I will but we have done everything in the legal field to level the playing ground. Jim Crow laws are, are gone. Discriminatory laws are, are gone. Um, we've made it illegal to discriminate based on uh, race, creed, color, um, orientation, and so on. Those, th those laws have been passed to say that you cannot, based on somebody's color, discriminate against them for whatever reasons or their religion or so on. So we've done all that on the books, on paper, but we haven't fixed the human heart. And that's the key to all of this, is the ability to fix the human heart. Because we know that whether it's racism or you know homosexuality or theft or murder or 
whatever it is that, that darkens the heart of individuals, pornography, lust, those things, those sins that we, we deal with, that everybody deals with, that's what needs to be changed in this situation. Because it's not like there are laws out there. And I mean, I, and we talked about reform and stuff like that, which I absolutely believe. There needs to be some, some change in the way that there is training in the police department. I think there needs to be reform to our, our justice system. Um, to some extent, I think it needs to be made harsher. There needs to be changes to our, our political system. But ultimately, none of that will happen until the sin nature of man is dealt with. And so, again, coming, just coming back to the thing of why do I even bother to do this? You know, I've got a YouTube channel with 80-something subscribers, 80, am I up to 87 yet? Um, let's find out, maybe. Yeah, of course it doesn't want to, doesn't want to click for me. So, you know, I have a, a YouTube channel with less than 90 subscribers, greater than 80, less than 90, and generally videos that get 3 to 25 views. Why bother? Because I have a passion for the gospel. And I have a passion to, and, and I saw an opportunity, and I, I, I would hope that at some point in time, my prayer is that it will, will pick up and take off and people will, will come and hear, because my passion is to take these current events and incorporate them strictly with the gospel, to wrap them up in a gospel bow by the end of a, an episode. And, I, and, and I'll be the first to say I haven't succeeded in that every single time. I know that there are times that I've gotten emotional, I've gotten angry, I've gotten loud and, and, and pick your descriptor, passionate, um, irritated. And I didn't always come get it to come back to the gospel, but I try. My hope is to take this and go, how do we as gospel-believing Christians, as those who have repented and put their faith and trust in Christ, who should have a changed heart, how do we deal with these situations? How should we look at this? How should we deal with a, a president who is vocally uh, you know, proud of his adultery and other horrible things that he's done? And how do we deal with a a Congress that is not willing to look at the, the science behind when life begins or what indicates a man or a woman and how do we deal with um, society at large that is so polarized one side to another because of political viewpoints and, and so on. How do we deal with that? And it comes back to the gospel and that is my passion. God has called me uh, to evangelism. To, to sharing this truth in whatever means that I can. And that means going out on the street and going out to abortion mills, which I have not done yet, but is definitely something that I intend to do. Going to the, the jails and, and prisons and, and preaching to, to those people who need to hear the gospel. And this is just another platform that gives me an opportunity to do that. I have, and I, just like the in the intro, you know, the, the immortal words of the warrior poet Ice Cube, Yodre, I got something to say.
and this gives me an opportunity to say it. And so this is why I do it. And so today I just wanted to come back because of, I mean, it was an amazing conversation that I was able to have with my sister-in-law today, you know, and at times it got heated and, and maybe we look back at it and, and it didn't change either one of our minds on anything. And that wasn't the intention. It was just to, to, to converse, you know, I wanted to just listen. I wanted to just hear what she was saying and not necessarily give arguments and pushback and, and, and stuff like that, which is what I'm generally want to do. Um, for anybody who knows me, I, I'm, I'm down to, to debate and argue almost any time. But today I really did just want to listen. And as we conversed, I, I again, I found places in there to present the gospel, to preach the gospel. Um, and hope that she heard it. But, and so with that conversation and just thinking of all the, the directions and the ways that we went and we talked, I wanted to take a minute again today and make sure that, that I portray to you what it is that has so changed my heart to make me desire to give up, sacrifice my sleep, time with my family, and so on, to sit in this room in front of this camera um, and talk to sometimes only three people. And maybe not even three people that get all the way through 30 minutes or so of an episode. It may be a few people that watch for a few minutes and then go on their way. But the hope is, and the willingness to do this is because there is a gospel that has, was preached to me that I heard that changed me enough to make me want to go, I'm going to use whatever means I can to share that gospel with others, whether it's wrapped up in uh, reviewing Christian artist rap albums or books or movies or whether it's wrapped up in responding to false teachers and uh, her heretical teachers and, and uh, false religions or whether it's bringing awareness to the persecuted church around the world or just talking about the current events of the week and the things that stirred me up as I was watching things happen and then presenting them to you and saying this is how I feel that we should be looking at this as a Christian person. And what is that gospel? What is the gospel that has so changed me and given me the desire to do this? And I wish I could do this full time. I wish I could somehow make this my paying job and pay enough to where I could say, you know, my wife doesn't have to work and, and, and we could do. I wish, I hope, I pray that at some point in time, you know, that I could do this in some way with, you know, with the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network or Wrath and Grace or Apology. Or somebody would say, here, come under and let us increase your platform. Yes. And I'll, I'll openly admit that. I mean, at one point in time, I said, well, you know, I really don't care about being famous. And it's not about fame. It's not about my fame. It's about his fame. And it's about having the opportunity to share the gospel with as many people as possible. You know, 
personally, I, I don't care if anybody ever remembers my name. You know, a, again, I, I point out the fact that it is, it's crazy that there's a man named Count Zinzendorf who the only real quote that he's, he's really remembered for is that he wants to preach the gospel, die, and be forgotten. And that's why he's remembered. And I have no problem with that. But I would love to have a, a larger platform to make him famous. Why? Because of what he did for me. The fact that he took this, this man who was so sinful, this man who was dead in his sins and in his trespasses. And again, I, I just rewatched the, the 700 Club episode that, that I got to appear on and, and see again. You know, there is a huge change that God brought about in me. And gave me the desire to, to preach this gospel to others. And so again, I was a man dead in my sin and in my trespasses. And I was made alive in Christ. I was dead. I did not do anything to earn my salvation. I did not do anything, that any kind of works that made me worthy for Jesus to draw me to himself. But in my sinful lifestyle, whether it be alcoholism or pornography or lying about things in my past and exaggerated uh, childhood and so on. Whether it were any of those things, all of which are, are horrible sins, I mean, if we want to try to qualify um, a sin, I would say the worst thing that I did was writing a check to pay for the murder of my own child. Again, I can, I can look through the Ten Commandments and say, I have not loved God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I blasphemed his name. I have not kept the, 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 the Sabbath holy, um, and I've skipped one. I've, I, you know, I've, I have broken every one of the Ten Commandments. Every one. I've lusted after women who are not my wife. Pornography has been, has been a, a struggle for me for, for years with probably a little over a year now of, of, of true freedom from pornography. And again, I don't know why I absolutely feel the need to mention that all the time because again, whatever. Um, so I, I, I paid to have my child murdered. I've lied. I've coveted. Every one of those Ten Commandments I have shattered. And yet Christ was still willing to go, come to me. Let me give you this gift of repentance. Let me give you this gift of faith. Let me give you this gift of grace. Because 2,000 years ago, he went to the cross. And he took upon himself my sin. And he bore the penalty that I should have had. That I should have bore. And he bore it for me. And then he drew me to himself. He chose me to give me these gifts and say, here is a gift that is called repentance. And allowed me to, with a changed heart, with a regenerate heart, to say, I no longer want to be this sinful man. I no longer want to do these things. I hate these things because you died for me. And by his grace am I saved through faith alone in him alone. 
according to the scripture alone, to the glory of God alone. There's no, there, there's, there's nothing that I did the, to, to benefit God that he would say, I choose, I chose you based on this. No, he chose it, chose me based on his good pleasure. He chose, he elected and he did the work. And now I am changed. And in that change, I have the desire to see others changed. You know, again, the question that was asked today is, you know, as we got into the, the different things that, that BLM supports and so on and the reasons why I can't support the organization, I have no problem with the statement in and of itself, but I can't support the, the, the organization because of their desire to uh, ignore science and support LGBTQ. And, and the question was, well, why bother that they're not hurting you? It has nothing to do with what they're doing to me. And, and again, when you dig deep into it, ultimately, people like me who are willing to step out and, and preach that uh, homosexuality is a sin, there's soon going to come a point where that's going to be considered hate speech and I will go to jail. So those lifestyles and that agenda does affect me or is going to affect me because I won't stop. I won't stop. But... I was changed, and again, it's not what they're doing to me, but it's what they're doing to themselves. I, I have brothers and sisters who um, are are gay, are trans, and that lifestyle is taking them to hell, and I don't want that. I love them, and I don't want to see them go to hell. And so I preach the gospel to them. If I hated them, and, 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 and again, it's like, well, why is this turn? It's hate. No, it's not. To tell someone they're wrong is not hate. To tell someone that they are on a path for destruction is not hate. That is the full definition of love. Now, again, there can be ways that it is delivered. You know, again, the, the Westboro Baptist Church goes out and, and, and tries to present this message, but they do it with hate. Paul tells us to preach the truth in love. And my desire is to see them saved, to see them turn away from their sin. I don't, I want to be able to say, I will be with you in eternity and not have to see that they are cast with into the lake of fire. So it's a, there's a, and it, again that the hate has been taken from me. I can honestly sit here and say I hate no one. There is no amount of hate in my heart for anything. I mean, there, and there are people that anger me and 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 irritate me and annoy me, and but it doesn't turn into hate. My my desire for them is to be saved. And that comes out of a heart of love. I mean, there literally was a time in, 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 in before I got saved where I was filled with hatred, specifically for the LDS church. To the point where there were people that there was literally a, a bet made, a pool made of my the workplace that I was at in Washington State. There was a pool. People literally thought that it was it was 
potential enough for me to go to the LDS temple in Salt Lake City after I moved from Washington State to Salt Lake City, they were betting how long it would take before they saw me on the news chained to the temple doors with a, be- a megaphone screaming out Joseph Smith was a fraud. This was the level of hatred I had and vitriol I had for that church. For that religion. I won't call it a church. And uh, and ultimately, when I, after being here for a period of time, God had to take me to Colorado to temper my zeal with some love to bring me back to Utah to where I didn't just hate the Mormon people. And he had to change my heart in that. And salvation came somewhere in there that actually did change my heart and took away the the desire to just see this this group of people destroyed and want to see them saved. And that stems out to everybody. Every sinner that is out there, whatever the capacity, whatever the, the nature of their sin, I want to preach the gospel to them and, and present that, that truth and let God do what God is going to do with that, whether he chooses to draw them to himself or not. And this is one avenue that God has given me a potential to do that. To share that truth, that gospel with, with those who need to hear it. Or those who are willing to hear it. Because again, this is a medium where it's very easy just to shut it down. And my prayer is that they'll make it to the end. Whether they be the sinner who needs to hear that Jesus Christ went to the cross to pay the penalty for your sin so that if you will repent acknowledge the fact that you've sinned recognize that what you've done is sin turn away from that sin vow to not do that sin anymore and believe that the work that is required for your salvation was done by Christ and Christ alone and that the 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 works that you do from the point in time that you are saved is not to add to or maintain your salvation but it comes out of a gratitude for your salvation it's my hope for the the unbeliever who watches this this show and for the believer it's to get to the end to be encouraged to preach the gospel at all times and to use words because they're necessary and until tomorrow when we come back with Another one of those rousing episodes, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.